Okay. Okay, questions on what we covered this morning. Any any anything confusing or controversial or Yeah. I I hope not to be controversial. Um baptism uh as you mentioned this morning is the first act of obedience. Yeah. When one is first saved, yeah. there, I'm, I mean, we were all first saved once. There was lots of confusion, mm-hmm. lots of misunderstanding of what things actually meant. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make our faith not saving faith, right? Correct. There's lots to learn. Yeah. Um, for what reason, then, would we be hesitant to... Uh, baptize our younger people. Ooh. I, I don't. I don't oh, want no, this no, to be great, controversial. Great, great. Um, let me. Let I, me. Not, no. No. Not baby. I'm not saying babies. No. 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 I understand. Let me. Let me. Let me. Uh, I'm going to make a qualification. This is something we even have some discussions among the elders. I, I'll be happy to share with you my thoughts and insights, and I want to make it distinct from w- whether or not we've we've come totally to one mind on this. The, the short answer, I think, is because. By the very nature of a child's profession of faith, even we recognize we're not willing to take it as totally credible. I, I'll, I'll back that up in a moment. So my, some of my kids have made professions of faith. I hope they, they certainly could be valid. They certainly may prove to be valid, and they may not. One of my kids gets saved every year. Um, makes a profession of faith and is tearful and we cry. And last time she did that, I said, that's awesome. What do you think is different this time than last time? You know, and so there's there's a nature of kids that they'll believe everything you tell them. There's a nature like if you tell them a large fat white man comes down their chimney every year, they'll believe that too. And so I think it's probably good. I, I tend to think of my home as a as a um, a greenhouse for the faith of my kids. And so what I've told Abner, who, who uh, I see. I think I see fruit. Like, you tell me when you're ready to stand up, but the big notion in my mind of the kids and why I'd be hesitant is this. If Abner's going to stand in front of you all, it's without my mediation. I can't get between him and you, right? Um, And so he's going to stand up and address you, and in that sense, as a man. And I think he could do that at a very young age. But I also, and I'll, I'll just go as far as I've thought this through, think that that means... If you're going to receive his testimony, you need to receive his testimony, receive him as a brother with everything that entails, which I think also then means you have the right, if he is rude to you, to say, I need to go confront my brother. And if I attempted to say, well, talk to me, I'll deal with Abner, I think if he stood up and confessed his faith and you've received that, I think you could rightly say, no, he's my brother before he's your son. He'd be my brother before he's my son. This is Jesus, who's my mother, my brother, my kids, my, my parents. So, so that's part of the significance of like, okay, Abner, are you ready for these people to hold you to what you're saying? Are you ready for these people to treat you fully as a Christian with everything that entails? He'd like some more time to sort of get his roots a little deeper. So if somebody had their eyes wide open and is ready for that, personally, I'd be fine with that. I just want to make that. My, my concern, and part of what I was saying this morning, and I think you guys may have seen this in the past, is you'll get somebody baptized as a kid, and there's a lack of clarity. Are we now to treat them like a believer? Truly. What happens when they start acting stupid in their teens? Am I still supposed to treat them like a believer? What, 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 what significance is there to the fact that I heard you confess your faith in Christ and now you're 
seeming to wonder after the world. I think from my thinking, what I'm as I'm working through this is if you're going to get up there and stand there, you ought to expect these people to hold you to what you said. And you can't, mommy and daddy can't jump in between all of a sudden. So that's part of my thinking on where I'm at with my kids and hes hesitating with that. That was a conversation I had with Aiden when he came forward to get baptized. I said, look, I just want to understand you on the same page that, you know, if you were fooling around and broke my car windshield, your dad wouldn't be able to interpose himself. I could rightly say, no, I need to talk to Aiden. He's my brother and he's done me wrong. And whereas right now I'd think I have the right to do that. If Sophie broke your windshield and you were like, what on earth? I said, Jeremy, I'll, I'll deal with it. I'll deal with her. I'll make it right. I'll fix your windshield. Let me handle this. I think I'd have the right as a parent right now to interpose myself. I don't see how I could do that legitimately if she stood up on her own, confessed her faith and you've received that I, th I think she's saying i'm your sister and you guys by amen are saying yes you are our sister at that point that that's that's kind of my thinking we're talking through this i'm not sure if what i just said represents what all the elders think so that's in part my answer um you, in, interface with that some but that's kind of my thinking is you know sure and, um, and I, I all that makes a lot of sense my only fear is mm. <clears throat> You have a young person yeah. who has a, in their mind at least, a very real profession of faith. Yeah. And you see the Bible saying, and you hear your pastor saying, yeah. your first act of faith is being baptized. Yeah. Hey, I, I want to be baptized. Yeah. And there's pushback. Hey, maybe you don't just yet. That can be confusing, I guess. Sure, no, 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 totally. So when, when we have parents with kids, the first thing I do is make sure they really understand the gospel. There'd be two phases to my baptism. And, and I'm totally open to, I would totally consider a five-year-old. I just would want to make sure two things. Do you actually understand the gospel beyond Christian cliches, beyond sure. uh, bumper sticker theology? Um, and if there's confusion there, like, hey, this is great. Keep go working at that. So I'll ask, not I'm not, not trying to trick them up trick questions, but trick <laughs> questions they can't just say Jesus to. You know, why why can you go to heaven? Well, because of Jesus. Why? Are you a sinner? Yeah. So then why isn't God going to punish your sin? Well, because Jesus died. How does Jesus' death mean God doesn't have to punish you? I'm looking for them to say something. Well, he, he bore my sin. <laughs> and frequently with kids, they'll be like, I don't know. I'm like, okay, this is great. You should keep working at that. That's awesome. We'll talk to you in a couple yeah. months or whatever. Like, great. So the first is, do you actually understand the gospel? And then the second would be, what do you understand yourself to be doing? And that second question of what exactly is entailed in someone standing up publicly is something the elders need to talk more about. I've shared more of some of my thoughts on it. And even my thoughts are still forming. Like, my cement's wet enough to be not be 100%. That's kind of where I'm leaning is kind of like, I think... I'd, I'd like to see, like right now, our bylaws, because our bylaws focus on membership fundamentally as a means of voting. If you read our bylaws, it's really about who gets to vote. You can't be a member unless you're 18. You know what I mean? I'd like to see 16-year-olds be members of this body. They can't, non-voting members. Not, let's not change our, let's not change our uh, constitution. But, I, you know, I, I'd like to see, I'd like to get back to that union of baptism and being welcomed into the body. But, that, but then the, the flip side is, with all that entails, with all that entails. I mean, that's my pushback to my Presbyterian friends who baptize their kids. My kid's a Christian. You'd excommunicate your kid, the two-year-old, because they're throwing tantrums. 
then uh, if not, they're sort of a Christian. What you're saying is you'll treat them sort of like a Christian. And so the, my whole thing is like, it's, it's a package deal. All the benefits, all the blessings, all the responsibilities of being a Christian, are they your child's? And my Presbyterian friends are emphatically saying no if I press them on that. You know what I mean? Sure. So I want to do, but then their response to me is, well, you just baptize all your kids when they're three instead of when they're born, you know? <laughs> and you won't treat my Christians either. So my response is like, maybe when you're ready to be treated fully like a Christian, come forward and get baptized. And I think there's room for a place of like this greenhouse so the roots are getting set up and who knows. But if, if I met, if one of my kids just said, no, I think I need to do this, I need to be obedient, and they understood the gospel, I wouldn't say no. I just, just make, my whole thing is make sure you got your eyes wide open, you understand what you're doing. You're asking a bunch of people, because not only are we baptizing you, we're baptizing you with a bunch of people present. Do you get the significance of that? What's the significance of 150 people hearing what you have to say is you're inviting them to hold you to that. So it's it's more of a protection for the the young person who wants to be baptized as opposed to you yes. know cuz just I, make sure you understand what you're doing. Yeah, partly I wondered yeah, yeah. if there was like a well, what if we baptize someone and and when they get older they walk away and now we've baptized a non-believer and is there a fear of that or something? But but there's there's precedent for that rebaptism. There's pre we'll look at Acts 19 in a minute. Sure, Acts 19, we got a precedent for that. That's fine. We baptize people who give evidence that they're Christians. Um, we don't we don't know who the elect are. We don't have like a regeneration detector yeah um but we we we, we baptize those we reasonably believe have reason to believe are regenerate born again because of their confession of their mouth and because their lives aren't portraying that confession i wouldn't even like insist on seeing good works but we wouldn't knowingly baptize someone who's in unrepentant sin we like you, you, you know but where someone's confession is orthodox and when their life isn't contradicting that yeah we baptize them and we do it in faith. But so no, it's partly in, in, like you said, it's partly, well, it's twofold, to protect the person and to protect baptism so it doesn't just become something cute you do. You know, um, you're going to be hard pressed to find a two or three or four year old who isn't going to want to please mommy and daddy and say they're a Christian. You know, and yet I, if, if you as a parent, the people around them, and that'd be the other part, if you as the parents around them see the confirming signs and fruit, that, that's also significant. So if, if you had a kid who wanted to be baptized, I'd ask you and your, your wife, like, are you, what do you think? You're, you're their closest neighbor. <laughs> what do you see? You're like, no, I really see a change. I think, okay, dude, let's talk. But yeah, so it'd be in part as a protection for the, the youth and be in part a protection of not turning baptism just to a sentimental rite of passage when you're four or five, you know. Um, it's a significant thing to say, I'm a follower of Christ. And in the first century, I mean, think of it this way. You'd have to be just as ready to let your kid be marked out by the Jews in the first century in publicly getting baptized and all that would entail. You might, there'd be a thinking through of, of the counting of the cost of, I'm going public. You know, there's a reason why the early church had to sell everything so that they could care for everybody because people were starving and had no property and no jobs because they were known to be Christians. So if, if Abner coming publicly to get baptized meant the community at large would be hostile to him, I'd, I'd be having to factor that in as well, you know, like, <laughs> we, we can talk more, I don't know, this is, no, it's a great question. Yeah, and I just wanted to, yeah. I, I, I buy in completely, completely to, to your arguments. I, I do fear yeah. a little bit of the discouragement for the young yeah. people, you know. Well, I, I have the same talk with my kids because I don't, I don't let them take communion. Yeah. Um, or I, and, and so they've asked me, why don't we take communion? And I've said, well, 
It's a sign. Do you know what the sign signifies? The sign signifies the continuation of life. Baptism marks the beginning of life and inception, and communion pictures the ongoing nature of that life. Do you think these things are true of you? Are you willing, and, if, and I'd say, have you been baptized? Are you willing to do that? As I've talked through that with my kids, they've not been as much discouraged. I'm like, take all the time you want. You're in my house right now. Well, you can. I'd encourage them. Like, figure out what you really settle in your heart. What you want to do. You're in my. You're part of my household. You're under my roof. Work through these things. Figure out what you believe. Take your time. And whenever you think you're ready and you want to stand up on your own two legs without dad in between you, go for it. But at the same time, take your time. You know, like there's no rush as you're forming what you believe. That's how I tried to present it. It's. It's. Look, this is a big. This is a big deal when you're going to get up and you're going to speak to the body. You know, and you're going to speak as, in some sense, a man or a woman. You know, um, you're going to, and they're, you're, you're saying something, and they're saying something by receiving your confession. So, take your time, think through that. You know, I, I suppose it could be discouraging. I've tried to just picture that, like God's given you this place and this time to figure out what you believe, to f- sort this stuff out, to work through this, and yeah, but. Christina wants to add something. I, I, get, I get your point. I get your point. Okay. No, hold on. Mike's coming. Mike's coming. Okay. It not only sounds a little that it could make the children be discouraged, but in a way it sounds a little dangerous. So when they get older, they can like, oh, I got, I got time. That's like people say that now, yeah. like 18, 20, 30. I got time. I can just do what I want. And, and it, it sounds a little scary. To okay. push them off like that. Well, I, I, I don't. One of the, well, I try to mix in the fact that, like, look, to my kids at least, while you're not ready to stand up publicly, like, who knows where you're at? Like, I have hopes for where you're at. But really, I wouldn't encourage you to have much confidence until you've sorted this stuff out. If you're still sorting it out, by all means, don't rush. Sort it out. But mm. at the same time, then you've got to decide what you want to do and who you're going to follow and what your God's going to be and what you're going to build your life on. But once you tell 150 people that's your decision, don't be surprised that they hold you to that. Yeah. <laughs> don't be like, okay. So I, I wouldn't make it safe. My whole thing is like, okay, you guys are sorting stuff out. While you're sorting stuff out, how confident can you be where you're at while you're sorting stuff out? You know, mm-hmm. so my, my daughter's getting back, getting saved every year. I mix both in like, that's really cool that you, that's really good that you are professing faith in Christ now. It's also concerning that you've done that like three times in the last three years, claiming you got saved every time, you know, and trying to help her think through like, what's, what's going to be different this time? Um, and measuring, measuring out encouragement with conviction, you know, okay. this isn't a game. And yeah, that's true. One so, other, so, you know, and this is tough for all parents, I think. One other thing, I think I would be that daughter of yours that um, gets saved every year. Well, just just very emotional. Yeah. At a very early age, yeah. um, I would always go to conferences and church with my mm. grandparents. Out of all of us children, I'd be the only one to go. But I, I said that to say also, I believe I was saved as at an early age of eight. Yeah. But I do know that we're all a work in progress, and yeah. so I went through a path, you know, of course, but I still felt the Lord drawing me yeah. all the time. So I know I know it's a difficult um, decision, but some, yeah, I, I felt at eight, I knew I always wanted to be, like, we're in church. If my parents didn't go, if my other siblings didn't go, I always wanted to be there. I always yeah. wanted to be surrounded by the the word and everything. 
but I did also have a process, you know, well, but I in think, my I think, teens and all of that. Well, but I think, I think biblically, and I think in First John in particular, we've got some clear and objective markers, the signs that confirm the signs that accompany salvation over time. And they'd include things like an ongoing pattern of confession of sin, an ongoing pattern of hungering for God's word, yeah. an ongoing pattern of wanting to be with God's people because you can talk about the things of the Lord with them. So that's what I'm telling like my kids. It's not, so it's for Sophie, it's not a matter simply of um, do you have feelings, do you have new feelings. Do you see from that last time, so what I'm, as I'm trying to steward and and oversee her confession of faith. Okay, that's awesome. If this, if if you, if the Lord has brought you to Himself, these are the things you should expect to see in the coming weeks and months. These are the things you should be putting your energies into. I don't want to make it. You'll be saved by doing them, mm. but the new birth is evidenced by confession, conviction of, and confession of sin. Right. That's not something you have to be made to do. Something's coming up in dwelling. The new birth is evidenced by hungering like a newborn babe for the pure milk of the Word. The new birth is marked by loving God's children and loving god's people the new birth is marked by these types of things and so coming back in a month or two do you see these things going no i mean so she looks back on the last year and she sees a spark in a week or two and then flatline and i'm like yeah that doesn't look like salvation to me it's not a matter of your emotions it's the evidences of the spirit they're 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 not they're not right. mystical and so okay, she's looking right. back and be like yeah for the last three years i had about a good month and then flatline for 11 and then a good month and a flatline for 11. so like, i agree with you i don't think it looks like you've been saved i mean i don't ever claim to know someone is or isn't saved i i just know you have what the scripture describes as the the confirming marks of salvation or you don't um so that's so it's, it's not just a matter of one's I, I, certainly emotions are a part of it conviction of sins an emotional thing but there are other objective things that others can see and confirm as well it's not purely personal and given some time it's not a purely personal and inward thing it it will evidence itself uh, carol and then D dean did you have your hand up as well or no is it carol okay carol Okay, uh, Jeremy, I'm going to bring up uh, Acts 16. Yeah. You know what I'm going to say. Do I? Um, the Philippian jailer. Yeah. Um, then he yeah. brought them up into his house and set food before them. Let me see here. I, I, um, okay, I'm verse ahead. And he took them the same hour, uh, this is Paul, and washed their wounds. And he was baptized at once, he yeah. and, the Philippian jailer, he and all his family. Yeah. So there you go. So what's your question? <laughs> what's, what's, what's the question? The, the question is, his whole family may well have in, in, included uh, young children. It may have. You don't think so, though, huh? I agree with you. It may have. <laughs> I don't think building theology on what might have been is, is a great plan no man that's the cl the class the argument for infant baptism is all the household baptisms and there's about four of them in the new testament and they're going to say surely there were kids here and i said don't call me surely and i'm, I'm not convinced you know um no maybe but but read read carefully the philippian jailer even there right um they spoke verse 32 they spoke the word of the lord to him 
and to all who were in the house. And he took them that same hour of the night and washed their wounds. And he was baptized at once, he and all his family. Then he brought them up into his house and set food before him. And he rejoiced along with his entire household that he had believed in God. So these infants are apparently really happy daddy believed in the gospel. In other words, the entire household is described as having heard the word, believed, baptized, and rejoicing that the gospel was preached. So at a certain age of youth, I'm saying, you know, my twins aren't rejoicing because I heard and believed something, and they're two and a half years old. So what's stated of these people suggests a little bit more age, because it's the entire group heard, the entire group rejoiced, the entire group was baptized. So... I would actually say the text moves away from really young children because it seems unusual for really young children to get excited that dad heard a message and believed it. It's possible. I mean, I don't know how old you have to be to comprehend dad heard something and he's excited about it, but this, the, the household was able to do that. So the markers in the text that I see suggest not infants in the home, but, but Jake, I might submit that a seeing a radical change in your father's, um, behavior unless you can conceptualize and understand it as a small child might be odd or even alarming like dad is, is suddenly too, excited this about too this soon. thing this is too soon for that to happen because it's concurrent with them putting food before paul so sure over the coming days and weeks the kids might pick up dad's changed this rejoicing mm -hmm. yeah. is is with the giving of paul and silas food right. it's entirely cognitive it's entirely conceptual they understand a concept and they understand the significance of that concept and what it means for dad and for presumably for mom. There has not been time for significant life-altering change to occur in the Philippian jailer. So whoever's rejoicing is rejoicing in nearly entirely as a result of understanding concepts and abstract thought. I, well, the first, this is why the first thing to do with these things is just read through them carefully because a number of things are credited to him and his household. The, him and his household were taught the word. Him and his household were baptized. He and his household rejoiced at dinner time that night. So I just want to plug in, okay, if that could be an infant in the baptized, was the infant rejoicing? But that's all I'm doing is plugging that. Oh. I just brought that up because, oh, yeah. because I know that's a passage oh, yeah, yeah. that's used totally. often yeah, yeah. Uh, in that regard, and yeah. I knew you'd have a great answer. <laughs> No, and, no, I, and, let's, let's, no yeah. and what kids, kids are capable of is remarkable. John the Baptist is doing things in utero I would not normally think in utero children are doing. Rejoicing that he's in the presence of the Messiah. Okay. Um, apparently, John the Baptist can do that. Fair enough. So I don't want to be too dogmatic. I'm just saying, from what I know of people, I would expect these to be older, not younger children, if there are children. And it's also entirely possible he's, all his kids are grown. I mean, we, it's, we simply don't know the age of the people in his household. So I'm just hesitant to build theology off of, well, perhaps. Anyway, yes. Um, kind of switching gears a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Uh, like, I always just find it interesting and maybe more encouraging than it should be the the story of the criminal on the cross yeah right you know yeah. didn't, didn't have the opportunity to hop down and sure. get baptized and join a church and all that kind of stuff clearly mm -hmm. it speaks to the fact that baptism isn't salvation and isn't yep. required for that 
moment of salvation. Although the people that argue for baptism and regeneration have a response to that. Oh, yeah. When is the new covenant inaugurated? Jesus' death. Jesus' death. This is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Mm -hmm. So Jesus purchases the new covenant with his blood, with his death. The thief on the cross sneaks in just before the death. <laughs> would be the response. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, I, and I didn't really have a big question oh, no, about okay. it. I just was curious to hear you talk about this sure. in context. Well, no, and this is this is where we, we fall on two sides of things. We, we can make the sign the thing itself, which we should not do. And we can view the thing because it's only a sign as being unimportant. I mean, let me, let me, okay, let me say this plainly and clearly. The New Testament's prohibition of sexual immorality is because um, those acts in marriage properly are the sign of marriage. In a very real sense, my wedding ring is the sign of the sign of my, of my covenant. Because the true sign of the covenant that pictures husband and wife becoming one is not something that should be publicly viewed. So I put this ring on my finger. It's the blasphemy of that sign. And it's not the thing itself. Having, having, having sexual intercourse does not make you married. We get this from John 4. There are some people who think that's the case. John 4 is clear. He said, call your husband. She said, I have no husband. Jesus said, you're right. You've had three. And the man you are having is not your husband. So sex does not equal marriage. But it is, I believe, the sign, the covenant sign of that covenant. And all of the prohibition and all of the God's concern is, I think, linked to how dare you blaspheme the sign of this covenant. So don't think for a second that, that signs, simply because they're not the thing itself, don't, aren't sacred and holy things. We learned that in uh, Corinth, in, in, uh, in 1 Corinthians 11, that because they were not taking the Lord's Supper, a sign, not the thing, seriously, God was killing people in the church sick and dying so on the one hand you can so emphasize the sign that you turn it into a a uh, sacrament and i don't like the term sacrament i like the term ordinance um and you can start having this view that because it's sacrament which means a a physical means of grace that's the idea behind sacraments as most people use the term um that it's doing things i don't believe it is but we also want to avoiding us the other side that because it's not necessary for salvation, because it doesn't do the thing, it's completely unimportant. Like that's nonsense too. And so we, those are the two ditches in the road we got to guard against, which is so emphasizing the importance that it becomes the thing, or because it's not the thing, it doesn't matter. Ooh, you know. Yes, Bennett has a question. What? Oh, you're not done. Sorry. Hold on. No. Was there one? Sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. I was just talking a lot, and so I, I forgot. That. That's what I wanted to hear. Okay. Kind of okay. okay. So um, you were kind of like talking about in the good and the bad, and you mentioned that in this sermon. Yes. Right in the beginning, like right here. Yep. I'm saying like the Christianity dies as the good and the bad it doesn't no the gospel divides humanity not into the good and the bad we're all bad oh, it what divides year? us between those the who are person. the forgiven and the non-forgiven the guilty and the innocent the living and the dead the sons of God and the sons of Satan I would not want to say it's the good and the bad it's the bad and the bad uh, I'm sorry 
Yeah. No, no. My mistake. No, no. You're good. I got the bad part. Yeah. No. <laughs> totally right. Yes. Yes. Good job, Dad. Yes. Thank you. Good job. Yes. Oh. Right. Connie and then Rowdy. Well, this is very simple, but I have a friend that uh, um, she belongs to the church. I mean, she goes to church all the time. No, but uh, she hasn't been baptized, and she was talking to me and told, you know, asking me what I felt, and I said, "Well, I said it's, you know, it's not up to me." I said, <clears throat> "I said I would if I, you know, because I was as soon as I was saved, born again, I wanted yeah. to be baptized." But I said, it's, "It's up to you. You have to. You read the word and pray. Nobody can tell you <clears throat> yourself, but." Uh, Hopefully she'll change her mind, but I don't understand. Huh? Yeah, the, no, let me let me clarify. The person who's untaught is in a total. Like, this gets back to all scriptures inspired of God for profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. Mm -hmm. The person who's not been taught about baptism, the person who's not sure what to make of it, dude. Be, that's that's why we wouldn't say you can't be a member if you're not baptized. If if we could, we can move forward with both at the same time. Mm -hmm. Like, let's talk through this. But if someone says, if someone were to say to me, I know Jesus wants me baptized, but I don't want to get baptized, I'd say then I don't, yeah. I, I'm not sure you're a Christian. If you, think, if you think Jesus' commands are optional, I'm not sure you think he's God. Um, where someone knows perfectly well, scripture calls, I'd view it as no different than God doesn't want me to leave my spouse, or God doesn't want me to get drunk, or God doesn't want me to, anything else God commands, that you're like, but I'm not gonna do it eventually would become a question of like jesus sheep hear his voice and they follow him you're not that's not how sheep talk you're saying i'm not going to and this is what i had i've had this conversation you're saying i might not go to heaven because i'm not baptized i'm saying your unwillingness to obey jesus might be evidence of a dead heart that's what i'm saying well, i'm saying you're you whatever you fear and and there, like I said, there can be confusion in all this but, and so that's where i'd want to put pressure like do you understand this isn't the suggestion this is the command of the risen christ you need to fear him more than you fear whatever it else that's, that's bugging you. But um, if this person is claiming to be a believer, King Jesus says to get baptized. That's what I'm saying. Like it's, it's, I can't make you do it, but I can tell you, if you're a Christian, your king demands it. What are you chuckling at? But, Wait, Richard, that was crazy. Baptism generation people using John. All right, excellent. Okay. Sorry. Go, come on, go well, Connie. Sorry. Well, I, I interrupted be, you. Uh, um, uh, not allowed to join the church. That's what I was. Oh, the if she was willing to, if she was saying, I haven't been baptized, but I'm open to it, we'd yeah. totally move forward simultaneously with that. Mm -hmm. If someone said, I want to join the church, but I have not and I will not be baptized, well, I'm hoping we, probably she will. Need to keep, we probably need to keep talking um, yeah. and figure out what's going on here. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. So if somebody was open to talking and say, sure, I'm open to it. I haven't thought that, that dude, yeah. we, we, we will move forward, but both simultaneously. Sure. It wouldn't be get baptized and you can be part of this church. But us yeah. bringing you into this body and us bringing you to baptism would be moving along the same track. Yeah. Um, yeah. So It's hard to understand why somebody wouldn't do that. But, you know, if they're oh, no, afraid. There's all sorts of, no, there's all sorts of reasons. I know people. I, one of my three sisters, I won't say who. Um, was really just embarrassed about getting wet publicly well, and standing up and afraid. I'm, yeah, I get that. Totally get that. That's and eventually, she eventually she she became convicted. And mm -hmm. I need to fear God more than I need to fear people. Awesome, mm -hmm. you know. And what? Well, 
Sure. Well, I'm sure. gonna I'm no, gonna no. be talking to her. Yeah. So, and I'll keep yeah, on. I mean, so I wouldn't just slam. I wouldn't slam, slam press them into you're not a Chris. I just started bringing pressure. But eventually, well, if somebody's I like, don't I don't think care. I do that. Then I, so I would <laughs> like any issue of of obedience. If someone was stubborn and dug their heels in enough and long enough, I'd get to questioning their salvation. I wouldn't start there. I'd start with you understand this is a command, right? What do you What do you think this is? Um, and I'd move along. It wouldn't just be heathen you know but uh yes okay so rowdy was next and then okay then donna then serena yeah <laughs> all right rowdy. No, uh, yeah no you you had mentioned there i don't know maybe two weeks ago about you pray regularly that you are a steward of your children mm. and that they're, you know, you dedicate them to God and that, you know, you're a steward and they're on loan to you and they're a blessing. Yeah. And um, I've, I affirm that that's biblical, you know. And um, as far as discouraging your children, they have to be told no constantly i mean like i know mine do they have to be told no and uh i think it's my you know uh like like the taking the uh, the uh, taking of communion it, it it says point blank that if you take it unworthily you bring damnation upon yourself same and i and i look at the at the uh you know the baptism it's uh it's serious business and uh it's I, I believe it's my responsibility to as a parent and as a steward over these children that belong to God to watch them and to make certain that the fruit of the spirit is present in their life before they are baptized or before I've been to a church I've, I've watched two-year-olds take communion and I was appalled you know i just thought it was crazy but uh that's what do you I, really think rowdy uh, i oh, man, I'm, I'm like you got to be kidding me this is crazy like like you just read it the pastor just read it it, it you bring damnation upon yourself you just tell me this this kid that just learned how to walk should be taking communion but uh no i i uh i you know i as a parent you catechize your kid i mean like we yeah. talk to our kids constantly you know and and uh, just like you said uh your kid wants to please you. My yeah. my uh, oldest daughter, you know, she asks me questions all the time. Dad, what do you, uh, you know, can you explain sin to me? Can mm. you do, you know, this and that and the other? And, and we sit down and we have conversations. She's old enough now that she can understand things. Yeah. But I don't think that she's saved in the least because she shows me she's a little reprobate all the time. And, uh, and so... I mean, I'm, you know, we'll continue diapers to and diapers, man. Yeah, yeah, we'll continue to work with her, you know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, 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 I don't think there's any, you know. I mean, if, if if you're a Christian and you have a sound mind and you can read the Bible and you can understand it, I don't think that there's there's any leeway 
as far as like you have to show me the fruit of the spirit and you have and 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 like you said you you're you're a you're a minor you're under my roof you're under my charge it's like if i allow you to do something that's going to cause harm to you then it's kind of my fault but that would be my thoughts on it so donna serena christina and we have five minutes for all that so we'll see what happens okay Donna. Um, I just want to, this doesn't seem like it's on. Well, it's not amplified, it's just recording. So speak, speak into it. Okay. Um, I just wanted to say, when I first got saved, <clears throat> I was in a church baptized as a baby. Okay. Um, when I got saved, I didn't really know what happened to me until sure. later on. Yeah. But what I wanted to say is, um, once I... When I got saved, I just couldn't read enough of my Bible. It was just yeah. constant. And as I read my Bible, and as I kept in the church I was in, mm. and realized what I was hearing from the pulpit wasn't what I was reading, mm. um, it took me a while sure. to get educated before I got baptized. I probably... Yeah was a Christian maybe a year and a half before I got baptized. So that's all I wanted to tell you. No, no, I just, and, and that's where I'm saying the distinction between the one who's not been taught mm -hmm. and hasn't been baptized, totally cool, versus, oh, I know my Lord wants me to do this, but I don't want to do it. That's, that's where we would say, yeah, I don't think we want to welcome you to membership just yet. We probably need to talk some more. If it's, on the other hand, I don't know. I mean, we see it in Acts 19 where Paul finds the disciples of John who, don't, who are confused about some issues. He doesn't rebuke them. He just teaches them, and then he baptizes them. Um, so where we would say, no, we're not going to welcome you to membership would be the person who says, no, I know perfectly well I'm supposed to get baptized, and I won't. Yeah, yeah we probably need to keep talking. <laughs> Right. That's what we're drawing our circle around. It's not the person who's like, I don't know what to make of this. Like, dude, let's keep talking. Welcome. Awesome. Um, it'll be the person who's like, yeah, no, nah. no, thanks. Okay. Timothy's going to speak. So back to your, the, yeah. the, uh, the rebuttal that you gave in John, the account of the crucifixion and everything in John 19, it says, so the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and the, uh, the other who'd been crucified with him. But then they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, did not break his legs. So if the first and the one that was crucified with him were the criminals, then, uh, yeah, then, then they, they were actually not the last ones under the old covenant. They were the first under the new covenant. So. No, I, I don't disagree with you, so I'm not going to argue the point. Well, Fair enough. No, yeah. no, no. Yeah. No argument, but we all just yeah. need to know that so when we encounter those folks, we can turn to John. It's a beautiful yeah. Okay. Hey, Pristina, I'm coming. I'm right here for you. Okay. I guess my question could probably be answered offline because I just wanted to help ministering to someone that's unchurched. Yeah, yeah. You know, instead of Hebrews 10 and you know I just wanted to find out from you but can I just say something about what he just said yeah. <laughs> even though Jesus told him before he died you would be with me in paradise so that's still under the old covenant <laughs> take that oh. okay 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 Danae Danae's gonna bring us home no oh no you're pointing to no, you were next on the list. Oh, sure? gotcha. You were, you She's an advocate one? for one? her mother. Got it. Sorry. There's no one okay. else. There's no one else. Go. You. You're, it's you. It's you. You are the list. I yeah. am it. Well, I'm sitting here nodding uh, because of Jeremy's question. Yeah. 
because of all of our questions and then what you said about baptism and what um, Donna said and yeah. it's like oh it depends also you have to assess where you're at as far as whether you're pleasing man or whether right. you're pleasing God and sometimes that's hard to figure out right. because I was raised in a very well a mom that's Episcopalian and a dad that's yeah. a Quaker gotcha. <laughs> and I felt when I got here I had never heard uh, the obedience part of the whole thing mm. uh, of baptism and what baptism meant yeah. I just knew that it was not a sacrament and, and in my mind the baptism didn't save me right and that was biblical right. what i read in the bible yeah. but by telling me i had to be baptized that made me question my salvation and i you can i got kind of upset no i am a believer right. it does not depend on whether right. i have been baptized or not yeah. and i had to listen to the further teaching right. and when we are in the presence of other denominations who believe differently about baptism yeah then they're gonna want they're gonna say well why isn't your kid baptized <laughs> so there you go bring we're it time bring it we're done. time i'm gonna make one last statement because i just got the sound guy if you're dealing with people that let me say this and we'll be done if you're dealing with people who hold a baptism regeneration cornelius is the clearest example to refute that because you take both passages, Acts 10 and 11 in the outline, because it, the sequence is clear. The Holy Spirit falls upon them. Then on that basis, they say, who can refuse baptism? And then in 11, as Peter relates it, it's clear. One's the baptism of the Spirit, the other's baptism of water. Once you can establish they're not simultaneous, they're not one and the same thing, then you've cracked the nut. Anyway, that's time. Got to go. Thank you. God bless.